Hi guys, you're listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. I am your host, Kristen Brown. And today I want to talk to you guys about seven ways to adjust your mental environment to break patterns and create change. To break patterns and create change. So who this episode is for is the people who are aware of certain dysfunctional patterns in their life where they see themselves repeating the same thing over again. I'm not judging you or pointing fingers. I am commending you. That takes bravery. That takes courage. It takes a lot of recognition and awareness and just a willingness and a seekingness. That's what we do. We have to want it. So if you are listening to this episode, big, fat, huge, juicy kudos to you because I know that you are wanting change. However, there's a lot of talk about creating a physical environment. People talk about taking baths, drinking wine, turning on soft music, lighting candles, things like that. All those things are serving in their place. However, what's super important is that We make space in our brains and in our minds because that is where the true change takes place. What inspired me to record this episode was recently I was trying to figure something out. I can't remember what it was. I was trying to learn more about myself. I could feel myself in an emotional state that was... I don't want to say it's un- wasn't really uncomfortable. I just didn't like it because I know that that's not a state that I can create in and I feel in flow in. So I was trying to do some work to figure out what was going on here. I felt like I just kept hitting a brick wall, brick wall, brick wall. I'm like, why can't I break through? Why can't I figure out what the hell is going on here with me? Well, I had to ask myself, what did I do the first time around? What did I do back in the College of Kristen? What did I do to create an environment inside of my brain that I could be open and willing to receive? And I got into that place in my mind. I I remembered what I did and I started implementing those seven ways. And I thought, this is really an awesome episode to share with everybody because creating that mental space for us to learn and grow is so vitally important. So I'm just going to jump right in and start with number one. And these aren't in any particular order. I just made a list, made a quick outline, and I'm going to list them off for you guys today. Number one is remove distraction. Anything that keeps you from being with your emotions. Emotions are not bad, you guys. So many people want to run from emotions. So they do anything they can not to feel emotions. Well, emotions are a broad spectrum of things. They can range from joy to revenge and hate and depression. There's all these in between, up and optimism, pessimism, helpfulness, hopefulness. But if people are trying to run from their negative emotions, they cannot find the areas, locate the areas in their minds, in their hearts that needs help, that needs healing. So they distract like crazy with all kinds of things such as online dating. You know, people become serial daters, shopping, drinking, partying, going out incessantly, spending tons of money, 
focusing on other people's problems. There is a list of distractions. So anything that is keeping you from looking at what needs your attention in your life. For me, my greatest distraction, because I'm not a drinker and I don't, I'm not a shopaholic. I don't have things like that. I do love focusing on other people's problems, but I also like looking at my own. So that's not really a distraction. That's just my nature and why I do what I do. But my biggest problem was jumping from relationship to relationship. It was focusing on finding the next potential partner. So in order for me to really dive into my healing, I stopped dating. I recognized what my distraction was and I stopped dating. I said, that's it. I'm not going out. I'm not doing anything to be on some sort of mad hunt to fill the void in my life and find the next guy. And I decided that I was just going to stop dating until further notice. I didn't give myself any specified time. I just said, I'm going to know when I'm ready. And that ended up being two years. But in that process, I was learning and growing and I was so absorbed into my heart and taking care of myself for the very first time in my life that that two years went by in a snap. It was like no time had passed. But by removing distractions, by removing my mad hump to find a guy, it created space in my mind, space that hadn't been there before because I was always trying to fill that void from somebody else. The second thing that we want to adjust in our mental environment to break our patterns is to remove negative people and things with the disclaimer as best as possible or that we have the control over. At the very least, we want to limit time. Sometimes the people that we really need to limit time with are people that we're forced to be around, whether they're a close family member or someone that we work with. And we can't always completely eradicate them from our lives. However, things that are negative, like um, if social media is making you feel bad, a lot of people compare themselves on social media. They compare themselves to what they're seeing in the world. And they don't have a good gauge of that you're seeing everybody's best side. So they look at the social media and they feel bad because of it. Remove it or limit time with it. You know, I, my work on social media, so you know, I share a lot of things on social media. But I'll tell you one thing, you guys. If someone's posting a bunch of negative stuff or they're really highly angry political, I don't mind political. Inform me all you want. But angry political or judgy political, I just I scroll right by. And if you need to delete them or hide their things, their posts, that's fine too. But guys, give yourself the power to scroll by. Why are you stopping on it? Why are you drawn to it like a moth to a flame? Scroll. It's okay to scroll. So there's things like social media, but there's also things like TV, you know, the, the television, the media that we watch can be awful. And some TV shows can even just heighten our nerves. Let's say they're crime shows uh, or, or movies that are that are high intensity. If those things are causing you to get out of a calm, peaceful zone, remove them. It doesn't have to be forever. Just for now, give yourself permission. Negative people can drag us down. When we're starting on this journey, 
we're often delicate and or impressionable. And if we are around negative people or scared people, people that are really live their life very fearful, we can take on their stance on things. We can find somehow find the what the truth in it or what we think is truth in it and we can go glom onto that and we get stuck. If you're realizing that you're around certain people and they lift you up and help you see the positive things or encourage you to keep going, or if you're around people that make you feel like everything sucks and it's just getting worse and you know, all people are the same, or you know, you know what I'm talking about, that type, just negative, nasty people. Remove yourself from them. Get away from it because you have the power to choose what you want filling your mind, what kind of people you want around you. On this journey, guys, we need encouragement. We need a pat on the butt that's going to keep us in the game, as well as people helping us or teaching us how to go big rather than to stay small. This is your time. This is about you. And number three, which is my absolute favorite, bring in new information and implement it. Bring in new information, which means to learn, educate yourself, and implement it, which is start putting it into practice in your life. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. The reason why we are in patterns is because we think some 60,000 thoughts a day and 90 something 5 to 98% of them are repeating thoughts. So we cannot change when we're thinking from the same level that we've always thought on. The level of thinking that has created the pattern cannot be the level of thinking that is going to break the pattern. During my College of Kristen and to this day, actually even before that, I was 21, I think with my first 20, 21, maybe 18, I don't know, with my first self-help book. Right away, I was like, I wanted to figure out what the hell was going on, why I think or feel the way I feel, why people act the way they act. But mostly I wanted to feel good about myself. I wanted to know why I thought certain things or why people didn't align with me or why I felt so different. So I started to learn things. Now, there's so many forums that we can learn things from. There's books. There's YouTube videos freaking galore. There's spiritual talks. There's church. There's anything that makes you feel good or gives you just that aha or awakens you just a little bit. What I do is when I listen to something that resonates, let's say listen to a podcast or YouTube video, I will say that in favorites and right at the time of listening to it, I will probably listen to it three times in a row or more because I'm like, okay, this is touching my spirit in some way. I am feeling this on the deepest part of me. There's truth in this for me. There's a message in this for me. And sometimes we don't get things the first time around, guys. We got to study it. We got to study it just like learning a new language. Anything we do that we really want to stick, we have to study it. Now, if I ran across something that was curious to me, I remember forgiveness, the topic of forgiveness. I wanted to know more about it. So when I was came across that, across that in my spiritual study, I really dove into it and started really searching and seeking for things on forgiveness. 
I knew what the definition meant. I always knew that. I wrote a paper about it in college, but I was on a deeper, deeper healing journey. I really wanted to know if I was functioning within forgiveness, if I really knew what the definition was. Another one of the topics that I jumped into was free will. You hear a lot about free will in the world, but I really didn't know what it was. Again, it was a word I used in my vocabulary and I had my own definition of it. But when I learned the true definition of free will and really what that means in the spiritual level, level, it completely changed my life. It made so much sense to me. I remember, I think, gosh, about two weeks ago, I looked up the words mercy and grace. I use them. I have a general understanding of what they mean. But it occurred to me that I never really knew the true definition of them. Turns out that the minute I read those definitions, my mind expanded. I was using them correctly, but I really liked the way that the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary stated them to me. It was such a clearer way, and I feel like I will be able to use those words more clearly and apply them in my life in a better way. The same thing goes with everything we're learning. If we are bringing in new information, but we are not implementing it, we are not applying it to our life, it's, our practice is futile. We are going to spin our wheels. It's, you guys ever four-wheeled? We do a lot of four-wheeling here when it's raining in Arizona and you get stuck in some mud and your just wheels turn, there you, but you're not going anywhere. So it's not simply enough to read something, watch something. The change happens when we implement it. And the coolest thing ever is when you start seeing results. This is why overall this is my favorite thing because one, it's something I have control over. I can learn, I have a new practice, I can put it into play, and I can get different results. And when those results start to happen, that is probably, aside from having my kids, probably one of the most exciting things in my life. I mean, that's it's like, wow, look how this changed. Look how this situation has completely turned around or taken a different course because I just implemented some new knowledge. I just practiced something. Alrighty, let's go into number four, which is to know the difference between your higher self and your lower self. Ooh, this was a massive gain changer for me. Who freaking knew? When we know the difference between the two parts of our psyche, we can question ourselves about where we're coming from anytime we're trying to make a decision or a choice. Just sitting for a minute and saying, okay, is this coming from my higher self or from my lower self? That slows us down. Instead of just making rash decisions and saying, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, which is coming from the same place that we've always come in. Again, remember, we're trying to change our mental environment so that we can break our patterns. So in doing that, slowing down, And we can do that by knowing the difference between our higher self and our lower self. I have a whole podcast episode dedicated to this topic for you guys, and I will put the link in the show notes. But the quickie version is we have two sides to our psyche. We have God and ego. We have higher self and lower self. We have love and fear. Some people might say the angel and the devil. And at any one time, we are in one side or the other and questioning where we're at at any given time. And if we are not in our higher self, our loving self, our God self, then it's probably not a good time 
to make a decision. If we're in our fear, in our scarcity, in our lack, in our triggers, that is not a good time to make really good decisions. Alrighty, let's move forward. Number five, coach yourself. This is so awesome. Basically, it's funny. People say, I hear your voice all the time. (laughs) I don't know. It's kind of good and it's kind of bad. It's like, I'm like, that's great because they're remembering things. And the other side, I'm like, oh God, I'm in people's heads. Anyway, so much of what got us here is our unconscious patterns. It's these patterns that are just repeating on our life, repeating in our life. And again, it's from our thinking and it's just things that are ingrained with us. It's the way we react and respond. It literally becomes our personality. But like Dr. Joe Dispenza says, when we change our personal reality, we change our personality. So we can't just sit here and say, oh, I'm hardwired. You know, this is the way it is. Too bad. Well, you can say that. I don't want to say that because I don't want to be that. I want to constantly grow and change and try to be the best version of myself I can be and live really life to its fullest in a wonderful, awesome way. We can change ourselves and we do that by coaching ourselves. We do it by getting coaching and mentoring from other people. But what do you do when you're not with your coach and mentor? Coach yourself. Ask yourself a lot of questions. Say, what is my motive? That is one of my favorite questions of all times. What is my motive? Am I trying to be right? Am I trying to win? Am I trying something different? Am I trying to finally speak up my truth? Um, Am I afraid? Am I trying to predict what happened and being controlling? Am I doing this or wanting to do this from a place of peace or a place of love? The list goes on and on. Ask yourself why. Why am I feeling driven right now to shoot this nasty text out? to my sister or my boyfriend. Ask yourself, what is going on inside of me? This is how we break the patterns. We break it by stopping and asking questions. And when you get the answer to your question, when you're radically honest with yourself and you get that answer, ask yourself, is this who I want to be? Is this who I want to continue to be? You only have to answer to you at this point. There's no shame. There's no embarrassment. Nobody's around to shame and embarrass you, but you. Ask yourself and decide what you want to do. Moving forward to number six, be brave. You guys are brave just even listening to this episode. You guys are brave when you share things. You guys are brave just wanting to know the truth. That's that's what bravery is. But we need a little more sometimes. We cannot make changes in our lives without bravery because we're going to be doing things differently. There's this comfort zone that we live in and we're going to have to be stepping out of that comfort zone in a a public way. You know, listening to podcasts and getting private coaching and things like that, that's still personal. But when we put this practice out into the world, we have to be brave. We have to be willing to speak up and say and do things, act on things that we typically wouldn't do in the name of self-love, in the name of breaking our patterns of powerlessness. Now, when I say be brave, I'm definitely not saying to put yourself in any sort of physical harm or harm's way. I'm talking about mental and emotional bravery. I'm talking about just stepping out a little bit. Just take baby step if all it takes at first. You don't have to take the big old plunge. Some people do. I've seen people just go, F it, and they're plunging. This is what I need to do. It's done. And then have other people going, man, I can barely, 
I can go one step. That's all I can muster right now. And that's okay. No judgment. Be brave. Practice bravery. And number seven, which is so very important. All these are so, so important to creating that mental environment where we break patterns and we create change and we start to heal. And that is to pray and meditate. There's only one chapter of my book that I put in a certain order, and that was chapter one, Connect to Your Divinity. Why, you might ask, that a book on empowerment and self-worth has anything to do with God? Because A, we are all one with God. The disconnection we are feeling is not just some obscure disconnection. It is from yourself. It is from your God. When we connect to our higher power, we are connecting to our design, our divine selves, our souls, the souls that know the truth, God that knows the truth, that has the answers. So, gosh, so often we forget to pray. When I first started my healing journey, I had a little bit of religious abuse, so I couldn't use the word pray. In fact, I don't even think I used it in the first version of my book. I used the word talk to God. If you are feeling adverse to the word prayer, use it something else. If you're adverse to the word God, use a different word. Say the universe. Say um, divine mother. Whatever feels good to you. Pray. Speak to God. Speak to the higher power. Ask for what you want. Ask for clarity. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite prayers of all time is, Holy Spirit, help me see this situation correctly. Help me perceive this situation correctly. Help me see it through your divine eyes. What that means, I'm getting out of my fear. I'm getting out of my pattern. I'm getting out of my triggers. I'm getting out of my emotions. And I'm allowing my higher power to implant some sort of message inside of me that makes me get it, where I go, mm, I see the truth and the clarity of what's happening here. There's a little thing called free will, which means the universe will not interfere in our lives unless we ask it to. When we call in the universe for help, it will help line things up for us. It will give information that we need. It will start putting pieces into place for us. And the second part is meditation. I divided a whole chapter of this in my book, an entire chapter, because meditation is key. Keep in mind, we are adjusting our mental environment to break patterns and create change. Part of adjusting our mental environment is meditation. Our fearful minds are going 185 miles per hour all of the time. We want change, but we can't get out of our whole, our own way. We're so busy thinking, boom, 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 boom. I mean, we are just trying to problem solve, but we're doing it from the same level of thinking that we always have. And if a new thought comes in, if that brain is too overcrowded, it can't even hear it or take it in or let it, you know, we might even hear it, but it doesn't sink in because we're going so fast. Meditation takes our stress levels down. It slows everything down. It allows for clear space in our minds for new thoughts and perceptions to enter, which we can then implement. There's a Chinese proverb and I'm not going to get this right. It was a while ago that I read it. I know it's in my book. But it says, if the bowl, the rice bowl is already full, we cannot accept any more rice. Picture a bowl of uncooked rice 
and you just and it's heaping and you just drop one little grain on top and it slides down the top and onto the thing onto the table we can't accept anymore i would also go as far as to say i would i would think meditation saved my mental and emotional life absolutely when i was going through my tsunami i was beyond stressed my heart rate would pound every single day in my chest i was short of breath and I said, there's got to be something that can help me with this because I don't want to go take a drug. I really just, I got to calm myself down. I don't know how to do this because I was so freaking afraid. My brain was going 185 miles an hour. Then I remembered Kundalini Yoga. I had taken Kundalini Yoga pretty consistency, consistently a couple years prior and I thought, I remember walking out of there and how calm I felt. Well, that's, you know, we're focusing on breath, which is meditation the whole time. And I would leave there and I would feel absolutely the best that I'd probably ever felt in, in decades until I, since I was probably a little child and I didn't have any problems. And I thought, I got to do that. I got to do it. So I started meditating and the benefits of that were far more then taking my pounding heart rate away. I noticed that my brain started expanding. I started to have space in my brain and everything slowed down. I took information and in, things that were happening around me and instead of going, oh my God, I have, to, I have to take care of this right now. Oh my God, in this frenzy, I just said, hmm, look what's going on over here. Huh? Let me think about that. What's the best way to respond? Even high emotional things. Meditation is amazing. Now, a lot of people say, I can't meditate. I can't meditate. And I understand that because you're used to that fearful mind just barreling through your head. I understand. But keep in mind, guys, even 30 seconds of just paying attention to your breathing or asking yourself where your feet are. How do they feel in your shoes? What is the sound they're making as they're hitting the surface under you as you walk? That's meditation. It doesn't take a lot. It's literally getting out of our problem-solving brain and into a free flow of thought. That's called contemplation. Now, the way I got through that part was I was like, gosh, I really can't just shut my brain down and have nothing in there. But what I noticed is that instead of actively solving something, started to just observe the thoughts going by instead of feeling like I had to solve everything. And here's one final key that I'm going to give you guys is that when I was going through something tough, and even today, just my nothing really big is going on in my life, but I find myself trying to solve problems constantly. When I go to meditate, I tell myself, all of those problems can sit over there for right now, just for now. I don't have to do anything with these problems right now. When we give ourselves permission to just take a break and just know that none of these things have to be handled now. The world's not going to fall apart. Nobody's going to die or lose a limb. If I set these problems, I had to get that drastic with myself, to set these problems on the side for a minute. And then I gave myself the space for meditation. All right, you guys, these are seven ways to adjust your mental environment to break patterns and create change. 
I really hope this episode was helpful to you guys. And I would certainly appreciate it if you share with somebody you love. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you can, jump over to iTunes and leave me a five-star rating and write me a lovely review. I appreciate you so much. And until next time, remember, you matter.